Hello, everyone, and welcome to Celtic Preacher Podcast 190. One of the reasons that Jesus' teachings have lasted the test of time is because uh, it's timeless wisdom, and he had amazing insight into human nature. It was very clear to Jesus that people, and this includes us, uh, generally speaking, people back off. We back off and we start to resist when the going gets tough in our lives. Now, we see this in uh, any kind of emotional growth, any kind of spiritual growth, any kind of maturing, really, it's like if, if it starts to get hard, people start to question. It's like, yeah, yeah, they want to follow Christ's, this was the disciples, they, they wanted to follow Christ's new way of living and being in the world, but only to a point, right? It's only to a point. And we saw this last week with Peter. Yes, to a point, I will follow your guide, Jesus, but it's got to be doable and it's got to be reasonable. So whatever you teach, whatever you tell me what to do, it's got to be reasonable. And the reality is, is that Jesus' teaching isn't, isn't reasonable and it's not, it's not doable either on many, many levels. It just doesn't. Uh, it's like we need a lot of help from God to even begin to start the whole thing. So, for example, if Jesus gives a teaching on, say, forgiveness, or which he did a lot, or let's say he does a teaching on resisting the urge to, to judge and criticize people around you who don't see life the way you do. Everyone at initial hearing is going to say, yeah, that, that makes sense. If he does a teaching on generosity or being faithful in your relationships, we're going to say, yeah, the first, and this is what the first listeners did. They go along with the teaching to a point. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, people really shouldn't uh, run around judging and criticizing everyone around them. That's not a good way to be. We'd say, yeah, that's true. Or, um, yeah, it's important to be generous. I want to raise generous children. I, that's a, it's a lovely thing to see, generosity in someone. Or um, faithfulness is so important in our relationships and being a good friend or a good, trustworthy partner or whatever, right? We all agree with these things. And the first listeners were exactly the same, the first students. But when it gets too difficult, they start to back off. And I'm going to suggest that we do exactly the same thing today. So, for example, when Jesus spoke about the need to learn how to not carry anger and hurt from yesterday to today, right? That was one of his, one of his main teachings. I want you to learn, and I'll help you with this, but I want you to learn to not carry over anger and hurt from yesterday or last week or last month or last year to today, 
to the present day. Now, this is, by the way, this is just forgiveness, right? This is what forgiveness is in biblical language. He would say, you have to learn how to forgive. That whole idea of forgiveness is very sensible up to a point and within reason, right? I mean, we can all see this. We can think, yeah, you know what? I Jesus spoke a lot about forgiveness. That makes sense to me. I don't want to be carrying around a lot of unresolved tension. I don't want to be sitting thinking about unfinished conflict. I don't want to be avoiding certain people. I don't want to be leaving the room during certain conversations. I don't want to be withdrawing when I feel tension coming on, right? All these common sorts of things. Why do these common things happen? Well, because we're unsettled about something. So if Jesus came along and said to you, if you lived 2,000 years ago, I'm going to teach you how to not live this way, you'd say, well, that's great. That's, that's a good teaching. Count me in. Count me in. I want, to, I want to learn how to do this. I want to follow in your way. I want to be a follower of your way. Count me in. And that's basically how everyone starts off, kind of enthusiastic. And uh, in this particular example that we're looking at this morning, Jesus had just finished a teaching on forgiveness and how that was important. And the first question from Peter, one of his disciples is, well, how many times do I have to actually do this? How many times do I actually have to forgive? Which, by the way, even asking the question shows us that Peter and the others, because they all were wondering about this, kind of missed the point of the teaching in the first place. And I'm going to suggest up front here that it is more common than not for us to misunderstand commonly held assumptions of Jesus' teaching. So the text is uh, Matthew 18, for those of you who are interested in where I find all this amazing wisdom, this Gospel of Matthew, chapter 18. And Jesus has just finished this teaching on how, how it's really important to learn how to forgive. And Peter wants to extend the conversation. And so he's listening to the teaching, and he, there's a part of him that agrees with it. But obviously, like us, he must have had some things in his life that he has a lot of trouble letting go of. In fact, let's just say not a lot of trouble letting go of. I think there's probably things in his life that he has not released and let go of, and nor does he want to, because he asks the question, well, I, I know that it's important to forgive, and I know what you're teaching, and I understand that it's important to drop things and not keep carrying them on, but, um, I mean, how many, how many times do you have to sort of deal with someone who is a bother to you? 
I mean, would seven times be enough? Like if I'm in this situation and I keep getting hurt or um, there's some sort of argument or fight, I mean, is there, a, is there a limit to how many times I should release all of this? And again, the fact that he's even asking the question means that he doesn't quite understand the teaching. Because we all agree that it's not good to carry unresolved tension, right? We all agree that nobody likes the stress of unfinished business in our lives. We don't want to spend our time avoiding people, avoiding topics, avoiding discussions or interactions. We don't like mulling over past hurts. We want to be freed up from things that trip us up, right? Well, all of that stuff there all comes under the great umbrella of forgiveness. So when Peter asks the question, so if I let, it, if I let all that stuff go seven times, uh, is that enough? And it's like he's saying, can I let it go? Can I get freed up seven times and then can I pick it all back up again for the rest of my life? You see how crazy this sounds when you think about it this way? It's like he's saying, okay, Jesus, if I learn how to release something that's really bothering me, okay, and um, let's say it happens again and it happens again, can I do this like seven times and then can I go back to my old way of doing life? It's like Jesus is like, no, no. It's like there's 70 times, there's no limit. You don't pick it up again. You don't carry it ever, ever. You learn, and he says, I'll help you. Uh, You learn how to walk free. And it's like Peter and all the others, by the way, said the same thing. They said, well, this is just, this is way too hard. This is, this is, it's like, we did not sign up for this. (laughs) This is too much. It's, it's, first of all, they're thinking it's not possible to live in this kind of inner freedom. They're thinking that uh, it's unreasonable because who knows how they've all been hurt, you know? We don't know. And in Luke's version of the story, he adds a little bit. He says that Peter says, well, if that's the case, and if this is the way that you expect us to live, then you better give us more faith. And this is how, that's what they all say to him. If this, is, if this is what we're supposed to be like, then you're going to have to give us more faith. If you're expecting us to live in this way, you're going to have to give us more because we absolutely can't do this. And Jesus basically responds by saying, you don't need, you don't need any more of anything. You have everything that you need. You just, learn how to, you just have to learn how to access what you need and you have to learn how to use the little bit of trust that you have. You said, look, you all have a tiny little piece of trust, right? You all have a tiny piece of trust the size of a mustard seed. And they said, yeah, well, I guess, yeah, well, I guess so. We'd all say that. We'd say, well, yeah, I mean, we might not have a lot of faith or 
my trust is kind of weak at times, but yeah, I do have it. I do have a mustard seed size. Good, Jesus is saying, because that's enough. That's enough. You have within you everything you need to live the way that I am guiding you to live. You can draw on the strength and the power of God. You have everything you need, but you might, learn, you might have to learn how to, to access it more, right? So it just struck me when I looked at this conversation this week that we have this, seems to me like it's a, a big misunderstanding between God and us. And the big misunderstanding is, like the disciples, like the students, we are happy to go along with God to a point. But if we were being ruthlessly honest, Jesus didn't teach us to just do life as usual with a few minor changes here and there. You know, when he, when he calls us, it's, it's, not just, it's, not just, it's not just a few cosmetic changes here and there. You know, it doesn't really work that way. It's not like, let's take a house, for example. It's, it, this is how it works. It's like, let's say you have a house, and you think to yourself, yeah, this is a pretty good house. It's basically solid. Yeah, uh, all we need is a touch of paint, and uh, a nice new carpet, that would work. And uh, let's change out the windows, get the double glazing in, and the roof's solid, the roof's fine, foundation's good, landscaping's not bad. Okay, let's go for it. That would be our perspective, right? And from Jesus' side of things, it would be, no, 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 no. This house, this is an absolute teardown. The whole thing has to go. Even the foundation. The foundation has to go because the foundation is unstable. So when we're talking about a change that God desires to make in our life, we are talking about it at radical sort of levels here, right? It's not just a little bit of changing. It's not just like uh, well, you, you have to learn how to be a little bit more loving or a little bit more forgiving or a little bit more generous. The perspective is uh, we, got, we have to start all, all over. We have, the wrong things are leading you. The, the, the wrong things are guiding you. Um, you're, you're consumed with fear. You're consumed with your past hurts. You're all worried about the future. Um, e your finances are taking up way too much of your time. Your past conflicts and relationship are destroying your peace. I mean, it's like there's so many areas. It's like Jesus comes along and says, no, the, the whole house has to, it's a tear down, whole thing. We have to start all over. Which is why it is so difficult to keep on going. You know, in, in our spiritual lives, in, in our emotional lives, it is relatively easy to begin. 
Because when we begin, we're excited. It's like a new relationship. You know, when you begin a new relationship, you're excited and you are in love and everything is wonderful and your beloved can do no wrong. And then, you know, five years in, 10 years in, 20 years in, it's, it's different, right? It changes. And the same thing happens in our spiritual lives. It's like, you know, we are being transformed into Christ's likeness. It's like, really? Yeah. Yeah, that's what the scripture says. The goal, if we can talk about the goal, uh, God having goals, I don't know if we can, but, you know, just to get the point, it's like the scripture says, this is what God's doing in your life. God is changing you to bring out all the Christ-like, Jesus-like qualities that are often veiled and hidden. And there needs to be an uncovering of sorts so that you can shine as you were created to shine. And so what can happen is, because uh, spiritual growth and emotional inner work is so very disruptive, it can also be very difficult. And that's why many, many people can't hold the course for whatever reason. Now, people might say, well, it's not really that I couldn't hold the course. It was just that, you know, I, uh, we had a horrible experience uh, with whatever. Or we got really busy with our children. Uh, or, you know, it's not that I'm, I'm not really interested in continuing to follow and grow. It's more that I just got distracted with work. I mean, it doesn't really matter the excuse in a way. I think what the scripture would say is, and, and maybe some of these excuses are somewhat valid, but the, the deeper truth is it's downright difficult and hard. And uh, that's why a lot, lots of times people just sort of give up on the whole thing. And so and people like the Apostle Paul would say, now make sure you finish the race because you started off really strong. So, so don't get discouraged and start backing off here. You've got to finish the race. So I was thinking about that in light of, uh, you know, Peter talking to Jesus about this is just way too hard and we can't do it. And why do, you, why do I have to deal with this, these issues? Why do I have to deal with uh, unforgiveness? Why do I have to deal with my past hurt? And it might not be unforgiveness for you. It might be something else. Why do I have to deal with my anger? Or why do I have to look at my anxiety and stress? Why do I have to do that? I don't want to do that. Um, why do I have to look at how my addictions? Uh, why do I have to look at why my relationships keep on falling apart? I, keep the, I, I start these great relationships and a year later it's over. Why can't I 
keep a relationship going. What's wrong? Well, that's all very painful work at some level, isn't it? It's painful. It's not easy. It's why we need each other, actually, to encourage one another and help one another. But I think I want to encourage you with this, that if you have found the going tough for whatever reason, and you feel like you're, you're not where you were, and you don't like the way that you're going. In other words, you're sort of more distant, you're sort of more fragmented, uh, more broken, I don't know how you want to say it. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it is really a part of the struggle of the faith. And there is a component to the spiritual life where you kind of have to take yourself by the scruff of the neck and keep on keeping on. Yeah. It's like you have to sort of remind yourself. Yeah, it it gets hard at times. And it's not always easy. And God never said it would be easy. But God did say that he would always be with us and help us and get us back on track. So if you can relate to somebody like Peter, who said, this is just too much. I, I can't do it. I need more. I need more of something. It's like, no, 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 no. You're okay. You have everything you need. Take the next little step. Just take the next little step and God will meet you and give you the strength that you need for the next one. There's the prayer. There's the heart cry. God, when I get discouraged, when I think it's too hard, thank you. You know about these things. You're not put off by them. And you keep on encouraging me to keep going. Well, thank you for joining me. You've been listening to Celtic Preacher. Join with me again next week for another episode.